would try this again. Um, I'm here again, and uh, I'm gonna post this uh, in some spots real quick. Maybe some people will join in. Uh, let's see. Let's see what happens when I do this. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's been a while since I've been on here, actually. Um, I'm hoping that some people will get on and check this out one of these days. Um, perhaps I'm too far ahead of the flow, or I'm right on time, rather. And the Lord is... Uh, calling me to put this stuff out right now um, I'll tell you if you go on YouTube and you check out any of the prophetic words that are out there coming from mystics coming from even people that might not have been working in this sphere of ministry um, the Lord is speaking to people right now in terms of allowing people to see that this time right now is very different. Um, I wanted to share a couple scriptures um, because I felt as if um, obviously the word of God is an anchor for us all. It's a foundation. Um, but I believe this word that God has continued to work in my heart, it's growing, ever growing. And the, the big idea um, for me now is uh, a people of God understanding that they're anointed and appointed and obviously the Lord's working that in me so it's not a complete thing that I'm you know I've got it down packed and I know everything that the Lord has purposed me into but I believe that a part of what he's given me is to understand um, that we all have gifts we all have purposes we all have a calling some of what he's given me is a prophetic imagination to see society, see systems, uh, whether it's business, economics, finance, um, education, politics, and to see it not from an earth perspective, but from a kingdom perspective. Now, most brothers and sisters, most of you guys understand what that means. Kingdom perspective just means how does God see it? What's his, what, is, what is he understanding is happening to his people with his people? Obviously, he's outside of time and space. So it's not like he has to ponder and figure out what's going on. Rather, the way it's working is he's got purposes and a plan for us to interact with the rest of his creation. And the book of Matthew talks about this in um, a couple spots. Obviously, you guys remember uh, the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It says, um, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, that's packed with a lot. I, you know, it, it begs a lot of questions. You know, when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Um, so even in the midst of this ministry that Jesus has for three years, if you look at the patterns of the Bible, some of it has a lot to do with groups of people understanding Jesus intimately and then certain people watching Jesus and knowing some of who Jesus was, you know, what, what he was about, but not knowing him intimately. And I believe that's some of what I believe the Lord is calling us as people to understand is that we're no more to be a people that know about Jesus, know about the red letters, know about the the parables, know about the stories. Um, those are all good and gravy, but knowing the stories um, is more of uh, an understanding of history versus um, knowing what the stories are supposed to impart to us as his presence, as his being, as um, as not Christian, but actually disciple, you know, or, you know, we are, we call ourselves Christians, but honestly, thinking back to this, these times, the word Christian wasn't really given to them. The word Christian was given to them by the Romans. And they, it's just something that we've taken on over time. Um, but they would just follow, they would just say, look, we're followers of Jesus Christ. You know, say, who do you answer to? I answer to Jesus Christ, right? He's my teacher. He's my rabbi. I also wanted to read Matthew. Now, this is the meat of it right here. That's the Great Commission. And this is what the Great Commission looks like. This is actually earlier in Matthew. This is Matthew 13. This is the parable of the sower. And, um, before I get into it, I wanted, I wanted just to remind, I just reminded myself I should probably pray. I gave myself a little headway, or leeway, because I knew that some people might jump in this late. I had some technical difficulties, so, um, yeah. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you for whoever does come in to the teaching, whether by YouTube or by podcast. I pray that it's a blessing. I pray that these words, um, are revelatory. We pray that these words can be used to light a fire. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, um, where was I? Matthew 13. So that, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil, and sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell in good soil, where it produced a crop. Hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown, and that is—I'll um, stop there for just a second. That is a principle, a biblical principle, 
it's 160 or 30 or you go backwards 30 60 or 100 all right so remember that whoever has ears let them hear the disciples came to him and asked why do you speak to the people in parables and he replied because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you and not to them whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them this is why I speak to them in parables right yeah, I was actually going to make sure my my stream looks healthy cool so anyways 30, 60, 90. This is the meat of it. But if you look at the different um, parts that Jesus is showing us in the parables, rocky places, thorns, and good soil. Right? Now, obviously, if you look at the third, you can match them up with the different soil. And you might make an argument to say that with the 30-fold, that might be the rocky places, right? And then the 60-fold is where there might be some thorns, but they grew up and got and choked the plants. You know, the thorns um, choked the plants. And then the good soil, right? Um, that's one way to look at it. But also you can just look at it straight up and say, okay, only on good soil uh, uh, produced uh, crop, only good soil produced crop and it produced crop and made an actual yield um, and then Jesus says whoever has ears let them hear right now in this period of time I'm asking whoever wants to get on board with this this word whoever is interested in, in taking the leap and, and going up a level do you hear what the spirit is saying to you do you understand what's going on in our time and season we, um, it's crazy to think about, but we're almost a year, more than a year, or maybe not a year, out of COVID. We're not really out of COVID, actually. People are getting vaccinated, but I've already felt like we were out of it. As soon as it happened, I felt like, um, I believe that the Lord was going to get people through it. People have been shaken up, systems have been shaken up. But for all intents and purposes, I knew that eventually things would start to reset and look like they were normal. Will we ever be the same? No. I believe it's changed the landscape of many things for a time and time to come. Um, but most people would, un would agree that church is not the same. Church life isn't the same. Uh, the Christian life is not the same. I believe that even now people have been deeper either deeper in the word or farther apart but the divide is grown there's not a lot of lukewarmness going on right now or not, not as much I would say because what I believe is happening is people are, are hearing what's happening they're seeing what's happening and the economy's down um, joblessness is at an all-time high Politics have created a great division and people have had to uh, take stock of what it is they believe in and, and who they believe in and why they believe in it. Uh, also on top of that, churches, uh, the essence of what the church has been built on 
has been has been either shown to not be proven by the fire or actually founded in the fire and what that means is that uh, the manifestation of what has been sown already has come to pass so what I mean by that and this goes back to the parable of the sower if in a church you sow good seed of camaraderie good seed of fellowship uh, friendship uh, goodwill um, love and above all else uh, well actually love should be above all else but maturity in Christ if these things have been sown in your church then that means that your church is going to be able to weather this type of storm likewise other churches I've seen some churches close and it's no you know it's no problem uh, or sorry it's no fault to the pastor sometimes However, leadership does play some sort of a role in not just the pastors, but leadership in the churches, meaning the lifeblood of the churches is not just the leadership, but it's also the people who have seniority, the people who have been there the longest, the people that have a voice, right? Sometimes it ends up being people that uh, tithe the most money and feel like they have more sway and weight to throw around. Like it or not, some of these churches are going to fall by the wayside or have fallen by the wayside because a lot of the seed that was sown was based on foundational principles that were more culturally driven and not Christian driven or Jesus driven. And that creates the problem where when the sun comes up or there are thorns, there's not going to be any root to the seed or there's not going to be fruit. So that's just one part. The next part that I wanted to talk about that I found interesting was um, the the disciples, they're asking Jesus, they're saying, why do you speak to the people in parables? And so this is what Jesus says. He says, he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them, right? So obviously they don't have the kingdom, but even if they have something that's earthly bound or that has an earthly status, that's going to be taken away too, right? So this goes back to some of the principles, biblical principles, um, talking about Jubilee, talking about a time where uh, sometimes people... um, People were being, I guess, uh, either willingly or unwillingly um, allowed to serve the Lord's purposes for all of his creation, meaning some people who had a lot were going to be caused to give either the, uh, the, the, um, the abundance or in certain parts of the Bible, it talks about um, money being repositioned to people who actually needed a reposition from people um, who might have had gotten it illegitimately that's a different story though he says there this is follow what Jesus says this is why I speak to them in parables those seeing they do not see though hearing they do not hear or understand so in this time in 2020 did you see what was happening in 2021 did you hear what was happening in 2020 did you hear what was happening what was happening is our systems of thought our systems of understanding, our systems of operations were crumbling. Now, some people, you know, might not really be paying much attention to that because they still had their jobs. 
I know many people that weren't affected by COVID in terms of their money, in terms of the houses, the cars, whatever it might be. God bless them. But what I do know is that the people that were affected, they had to take stock of what they had put in front of the Lord. They had to take stock of what was more important to them and why they thought it was important or what was so different about their life and why was it so different? Things fall away, right? Um, the normal rhythms, even the good stuff, the buddies, hanging out with the bar, you know, at the bar, having one drink, you know, but just things like they were good things that became God things. They were good things that became a centerpiece of life, routines and rhythms that had more value than relationship with Yahweh. And so it says here in 13, uh, I go with 13, 14, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. Hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Right? So I love Isaiah. Um, There's different parts in Isaiah. Isaiah 61, especially, um, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, is anointed me. Uh, you know, to be a part of the good news, uh, you know, uh, bringing people garments of praise, uh, healing with the ad, all that stuff. Uh, I don't have it memorized, but Isaiah is, is, is deep. It's a prophetic word of Jubilee, right? It's a prophetic word of freedom and deliverance for the people um, that have been waiting on the Lord to come through for them. I would say that now what we're witnessing and seeing are generations of people or a couple generations of people that have been waiting for a change. Some people have heard and not understood and said, seen, but not perceived what is actually happening. But some people do now because their hunger was so great. I'm not going to read it, but the lady at the well Eventually, she says, surely you are a prophet. Why would she say that? Even if anybody tells you things about your life, right? I could go and prophetically um, talk to somebody on the street and understand things about them that I shouldn't. But is it going to cause them to understand that I'm a prophet? Are they going to see that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? They might not because the fact that their eyes and their ears are still attuned to what they're accustomed to. Likewise, he's saying to these people, a people's heart have become calloused. We're in a time right now where um, a people are being tested. A people are being either found to be wanting or found to be ready to be filled. My encouragement to you is that you would um, take stock of where you're at. Have you um, grown calloused? And if not, um, 
Thanks be to God. Right. The next question is, are you hearing and seeing what's going on? Um, perhaps, the, you know, you're, you're soft to the Lord. You're ready to be used by the Lord. However, there is a point in our process where this goes back to the 30, 1600. With the 30, we're saved. With the 30, we're going to heaven. With the 30, we're going to do the things that are right. We're going to tithe. We're going to give our money. With the 30, um, we're going to be invested in relationships. And then with the 60, the ante goes up just a little bit higher. With the 60, you start to understand that your life might not be just for yours. Um, so then you start paying attention to things that are happening around you. You start you know, looking at, okay, why am I here? What am I here for? What's my purpose? And then finally with the hundred, the hundredfold, the hundredfold says, okay, I am saved. I'm sanctified. Now, let me be transformed. Let me be transformed. Close the door, please. Close the door. <laughs> Anyways, um, thirty, sixty, a hundred. I believe that we have to ask ourselves, where do we fall? Um, where are we um, being called? What are we being purposed into? Have we been hearing? Have we been seeing? Um, and are we being transformed? Because I believe it's one thing to say I'm saved, and it's one thing to know that I'm being sanctified and I'm growing into the image of Christ. But being transformed means that um, you're being changed into the image. You're not just a water carrier for the sake of being a water carrier. You don't just know you have living water. You shape yourself to be a vessel that can hold living water even better day by day. It's not an overnight process, but it happens through time. That's transformation. So he says here in 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see and to hear what you hear, but did not hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. This is it. 
When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces the crop, yield a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So, there's some caveats to all this. The part, a part, the last part, very interesting part is the 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 yield is based on what was sown. So this is placed on you, the believer, placed on myself, the believer. What are you sowing? All right. We can hear, we can see, we can perceive and understand, but what are you going to do about it? You know, it's cool that we read the word, you know, um, it's cool that we go to church and we do Bible studies, but there's something that's changed in me. And I think there's a lot of people that are, that are operating it too. It's prayer and deep prayer and intensive prayer and intentional prayer. I'll say it's, it's a prayer that invites God into all of your life. It's a prayer of repentance. It's prayer of thanksgiving and joy. Um, it's prayer through silence and trying to hear what he's saying to you. These things take time. Um, you know, my only thought, and I'll close pretty soon because we're almost at 30 minutes, is we're in a very fast-paced society. And looking back 2,000 years ago, to a lot of our, you know, desert fathers and our, our fathers in the faith, they didn't have all the trappings of technology that we have, right? You know, nonetheless, I have a microphone and a camera and a computer and the possibility, possibility to reach thousands of people at a time, you know. And I don't have to be there in front of them. They don't even have to see it now. That's a cool thought, right? That the Lord has given us a commission and some of us can go out and share scripture and share word and be a part of building the kingdom, you know, in our own small way. But the Lord is calling not just creatives, writers, artists, musicians to do this thing. This is a mission that goes beyond you know the creative arts it goes beyond um you know the people that have been blessed with much finance it's uh for the entrepreneurs it's the people that can build you know make lemonade out of lemons it's the people that have a knack for creating relationships and making people feel at ease you know those are the evangelists um it's you know the people that can put teams together and get groups of people to do projects like 
get to soup kitchens or um, hand out sandwiches to homeless people, whatever it might be. Those are apostles, you know. And, um, you know, the kingdom is at hand. You know, it's always been at hand, though. And I think a part of what we're, you know, what we just read in Matthew and a part of what's going on now is there was a dearth of, uh, there was a need, a large need for the body of Christ to be stepping up in a big way. I believe this is an opportunity now, another opportunity. There's always been an opportunity, but this is a new opportunity, an opportunity um, it, it feels like it's low-hanging fruit. Everybody you meet is going to want, uh, is going to welcome a smile. Everybody you meet in the supermarket, this is happening all the time to me. Any conversation you have, you can say thank you, you're welcome. You can ask random strangers how you're doing. They'll tell you they're making it or they're getting through it. You can say God bless you, you know, you know, random stuff that people at other times might have taken for granted, but I believe people are remembering who their creator is. That's the first off. This is what this is about. This is healing and restoration. This is about sowing seeds, right? Sowing seeds first in our relationship with the Lord and then sowing seeds into the places that the Lord has called us to bring a harvest. The time's at hand. The time is now. Um, so I'll pray to that end. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you for believers around the world who call on your name, Yahweh. I thank you, Jesus, that um, you're always about restoration. You're always about bringing us into a deeper union than just when we thought we had it figured out. You're always showing us more, revealing to us um, the deeper still. I want to pray that you would quiet any storms in the lives of whoever gets to watch this. People near and far, Lord Jesus. Um, send more angels, dispatch more angels, more help, more assistance in this time of need. Lord, bless people's finances. Bless you know many Christians' finances, Lord Jesus. Let there be a dispersion of finance. In the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, um, I'm just thankful for I'm just thankful, Lord, um, for the way in which you work. Well, I thank you for your mysteries being made alive. I thank you that your kingdom is made, uh, is illuminated that way your parables. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you that um, you've given us keys to life so that, Lord, we can, we can share the seed, that the seed could take root in many, many places all across the world, all across the nations. Holy Spirit, I pray for those who are impoverished countries, Lord Jesus, where resources low, where many people are suffering right now still. In our first world country, we couldn't fathom 
what other people are going through. So, Lord, I just pray that your hand would be upon your fervent, praying, anointed, appointed, Lord Jesus. And raise up, Lord. Uh, my prayer is that you raise up many to be actively seeking out your will, being a part of this global community. I pray for your intercessors to stand up, to be equipped in the name of Jesus, to see themselves as intercessors, to understand who they are and what that's all about. So that God, they can step into their roles with power and authority. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Um, Stay tuned for more. I will end this and jump into a prayer time. So, um, you know, if you watch this, you know, look through the video feeds or whatever. Look through the, look through the, uh, you know, the roll, video roll, video log, and um, check out what else I got going on. Uh, like and subscribe if you uh, get a hold of this stuff. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Love you. God be with you. Peace.